Hi, I'm Dr. Akiva Down. And I'm Rabbi Avi Green. And welcome to Interesting Questions. In this podcast, we'll be addressing issues that are philosophical, religious, and psychological in nature, and exploring some of the deeper questions as we go into Season 2. We will be focusing on that which is considered to be controversial, and there may not be a right or wrong answer. So we are hoping that our discussions will yield more questions for your Shabbos table. Shavua Tov! We hope everyone had a very good week. You may find that things are a little bit different this week because we are recording outside because it's a beautiful night here in Boca Raton, Florida. We are going to start with Perak Bet Mishnah Gimel. Hevu zihirin bereshut. Be cautious of the government or rulers. She'ein mekarvin lo adam ela letzorech atzman. Because they only get close to a person for their own needs. Nir'in ko'ohavin b'sha'at hana'atan. They appear like friends at a time when it benefits them. But they don't stand beside a person in their time of need. So this is a great um, Mishnah for us to talk about, considering some of the things that we've seen recently in the news, Akiva. Uh, I, uh, I'm thinking of, of an article I just saw on the AP Wire that talks about... Um, are we at the end of a, a, an era of truth in politics? And um, I'm wondering if you have uh, some insights or some questions that are connected to this. Oh, I guess the first question is, Avi, I'm, I'm shocked to hear about the end of honesty in politics because I didn't know that ever existed. Nor do I know that we are prepared for it. A comedian once said that we appreciate when a politician tells us they're dishonest, but we don't know what to do with honesty in politics, and I think that there's probably truth to that. I'll leave it at that. Uh, I guess my first question that comes to mind, Avi, is, so here we are reading about how to treat rulers and how to perceive rulers and, and the government in Hirke Avod, and I have to presume that at least to some degree, maybe not in all ways, the people that they're referring to who are in charge, at least in part, are part of Klal Yisrael. And so I guess, right, we have all these different pieces. It almost sounds as if those who are in charge perhaps don't need to be held to the same standards of how we treat one another and how we behave as society, because this is a warning of trusting those people. So, I want to respond with a couple of different methods, uh, or a couple different paths. The first one is that if we are talking about the time of the Mishnah, there were actually two different sets of um, quote-unquote governments in charge. There was a government, a Jewish government that was um, political, and a separate one that was religious. And I think here it is the religious body 
uh, warning against the political. And unfortunately, it's a sad thing, but I have to say that if you have ever been to Israel, you'll find out that there are Jewish thieves and there are Jewish liars. And there are people who don't always follow the law and don't always do what's right, even though they are Jewish and halacha guides us otherwise. And while I hope that those people realize their mistakes and uh, make a change for the better, the reality is that this is something that we deal with on a regular basis. And so they may have been saying in this Mishnah that while it is true that, you know, there is halacha, sometimes people don't always follow it, and therefore we should be aware of that. So that's number one. Number two is the idea that this may have been talking about a government that wasn't necessarily run by Jews. It may have been run by, um, they may have been talking about people, <coughs> excuse me, in the much higher government who were uh, not Jewish. And they're, and they're talking about the reality of government, that even when halacha is not necessarily at play, People will do what's in their best interest. And so these politicians will come and befriend you when they need something, but will walk away when, when that person is in need and it doesn't fit their agenda or their plan. And I think that leads me to a question I want to ask you, Akiva, which is, um, you, you if we're talking about politics, and I am sure there are a great number of politicians who are honest and forthright people, or who try to be honest and forthright people, and want to do what's best for all of their um, their constituents, I think that there are some who may go into it for the personal notoriety or the power. Um, and is this narcissism? Am I, am I understanding narcissism correctly? And I'm hoping that you can share a little bit about what that is and, uh, uh, and whether some of these politicians seem to be that way. Well, uh, Avi, I, I appreciate your uh, faith in humanity and lack of cynicism in that there are people who go into power powerful positions with the idea that they don't want the power. Um, so to answer the question about what narcissism is, narcissism more or less, and, and I think we think about it in a colloquial way as someone who's full of themselves. The truth is is that what we know from a from a psychodynamic standpoint is that narcissism is oftentimes heralded by people who are who want to appear and give the impression that they are haughty and almighty and, and full of themselves and it's actually a defense mechanism it's a it's a mechanism by which it protects them from or pres presumably anyone else from the reality, and the reality of it is, is that they are people who do not view themselves highly. 
They are not people who are confident and comfortable in their own skin, and therefore they develop this veiled shell of certainty and security in themselves to the point of overcompensation. If you tap through that very thin veil, however, you encounter more often than not significant um, significant weakness of, of ego and character, and I don't mean weakness as a negative, I mean weakness as in literally a lack of perceived strength and, and comfort in who they are, right? So, so for many of us who one would say have a healthy sense of self, we don't have any difficulty tolerating that there are things we don't know how to do, areas where we falter, areas where we have difficulty or need assistance. And part of that comes from the healthy sense of self, knowing that it's not a weakness to need help from others. Um, to the other extreme would be those who feel that if they don't know everything, therefore they are not good enough. And one of the compensatory mechanisms, not the only one, but one of them is that shell that arises of, I'm good at everything. And yes, we have certainly seen this in, in politicians and what I would speculate, of course, is I cannot diagnose anyone I have not treated, uh, but I think it's reasonable to speculate that many individuals who are fearful of asking for help or perhaps um, need to be the best at things, uh, which we have a history of, that's what we see, and that's what we would potentially call it. Again, more information, but that's kind of what we see. So talk to me more about um, the, the lying. The lying that we see in politics, and again, I'm not asking you to diagnose anyone in particular, but uh, it would seem to me at least, and as a, as a non-professional, that in the last six years or so, um, we've seen an increase, not just in politicians saying things that are untrue, but things that are blatantly untrue. And, and sometimes they will start with things that maybe voters don't care about so much, um, or that you know are, are, aren't materially important. But it then moves on to things that are highly significant. Um, and so, am I wrong that people seem to have a higher, either a higher tolerance or a higher willingness to, to lie or to accept lies, especially from people who are our elected representatives, or are we just uh, in, a, in a wave that may, uh, may change things? I don't know that it's gotten worse. I, I mean, I, I don't know that I am versed enough to say whether or not for sure it's gotten worse or gotten better. Um, probably ebbs and flows. I think that, you know, certainly we have a, a history of lots of different politicians going as far back as, a, again, as a bunch of people convincing themselves that uh, 
they needed to declare independence because all men are created equal and then treated most men as unequal. Um, I, I think that in general, there's probably a, there's a macroscopic component to this because on a microscopic level, on a, on a one-on-one level, right, I think that if I am meeting with someone or presumably if you are working with someone, the, the ability to say, you know what, I don't know what the answer is or declare some kind of level of lack of knowledge, uh, to declare some ignorance in, a, in a, an area isn't a weakness and it isn't a problem. I think in general, right, we, we refer to ignorance as something as a negative, but the truth is is that there are many things that individuals are ignorant on, and it's not because they are in some way a negative. We just can't be experts on everything, and we can't even necessarily be knowledgeable on everything. So I think on a microscopic level, that's tolerated. If I'm working with someone and they ask me a question, and I say, I don't know, and I either agree to look into it or point them in the direction of someone who might be giving them a better answer, uh, that doesn't say anything about me not being good enough, per se. I think, on the other hand, when we're dealing with politicians and politics, I think we're dealing on a macroscopic level, and I think the idea of getting in front of an entire conglomeration of either leaders and or the, the general public and saying, hey, I don't know something, I think it has a different feel and a different meaning, and I think that there's a concern, possibly a reality, but at least a concern, that that isn't tolerated. And so I think that there leads to fabrication and, and not necessarily per se an overt lie. Sometimes that's the case, but I think fabrication at times may be the term sometimes is spin doctor, where, you know, you would spin something in a way, and it's possible also that with our increased access to the internet, to media, to general knowledge, uh, be it correct or incorrect, because I'm going to spoil everything for something, for, or going to spoil something for everybody, the internet is filled with both truths and lies, uh, and everything in between. I think that there is an easier ability to fact-check or to attempt a fact-check and find something that might be not fact and believe it to be fact. So I think on both levels there's that people checking and finding that a lie was made, but also people checking and finding maybe even erroneously, that it was a lie. So I think on all levels, we have this increased access to information, which is both good and bad. And I, I can say, even on a microscopic level, this is always a challenge, right? We've talked before about Rabbi Google and Dr. Google and how you go onto WebMD and it ends with everything, this might be cancer and you should go see a doctor, uh, which is obviously not helpful, and I assume that Rabbi Google also ends every time with, you should consult your local rabbi at best. Or, or with so much confusing information that people can't make heads or tails of it on their own. Right. Um, so, so I think that part of this is, again, we have, we also have people, I think, in some ways more invested in 
some kind of media, and I don't want to call it necessarily news because I think a lot of people also get their news from social media, and we have this movement nowadays of comedians providing the news, which that's sometimes how people get their news. And I think all these different venues create people who think that they're experts and or mini experts in certain things, people who develop their strong belief systems, um, and also it clouds the issue entirely. Um, and I think that it makes it very difficult to be a politician and to make a statement because no matter what, someone is going to find out either right or wrong that you made something up. It would be nice if everybody could just be honest and straightforward, but I don't think it's that simple most times. I'm not condoning flat-out lying, nor am I condoning being a spin doctor. I'm simply thinking that I don't think it's ever easy, and I think that now with it being such easy access to this information, people are probably trying to learn and learning things that they don't know anything about. I, I, I'm thinking about my one, one personal example that I'm happy to bring up is there was a time when I was, I, I don't remember what I was reading, but I was reading some kind of legal document and my aunt, who is an attorney, um, I, I asked her to take a look and I said, you know, I, I took a look and I I don't think I understand it, or I think I maybe understood this, and, and she very, very lovingly said to me, I will let you review all of the medical things, you let me review the legal things, because I am not a doctor, and you are not a lawyer, is what she said to me. And it's true. I, I mean, I can find stuff on the internet that are legal documents. I can think I understand it, it doesn't mean I do. And I think that's a big challenge that comes with getting political information now is I don't know that we understand everything we're reading unless we're in that field. So, but obviously it kind of throws back to the idea for you, being that you are both a rabbi and an educator, you hold expertise in two different arenas. So what I would ask you is, is from both of those perspectives, as someone who both teaches other people how to learn better and how to teach better and at the same time holding in yourself an additional degree that is a terminal degree, as I understand, the smicha is a terminal degree, and therefore you are an expert in something, um, do you feel, like, how, do, how does that balance out, where you're teaching people to know just enough to get into trouble, or teaching them how to understand ideally, and I'm sure this is the case, that you need to know some stuff and you need to know how to use your resources when you need to use your resources. So I, I think that the reality of most terminal degrees is, number one, they're not really terminal, because if you're not doing professional development to grow and to continue your learning, it is you're doing a disservice to yourself and those that you work with. Um, and at the same time, I will say, it's probably like most other professions in the sense that you're trying to educate lay leaders 
to the extent to which they are interested and or need to know things. So for instance, we're getting close to Pesach, and if somebody was going to ask me a question about koshering certain things in their home, I would try to educate them about koshering those particular items and what the options were, if any existed for them. My goal is not to inundate them with how to kosher everything in their house. They're asking me for specific information. I'm giving them specific responses. Um, and the same thing is true of education. If I'm trying to educate children and I'm putting together a curriculum, I'm trying to figure out what are the most important things for them to know. Because we know that learning should not be a fire hose. It should be a drinking fountain. And you should, you know, drink until you're satiated and then take a break. And then when you're thirsty, drink again. As opposed to having water forced down your throat. Um, and I think that's, or at least I hope that's one of the major changes that education has made in the past few years is that we recognize that students need breaks, we recognize that people who are learning, their brains don't physically fill up, but they fill up in the sense that if you try to give someone too much information, they won't be able to organize it, and they won't be able to understand it and, and internalize it. So to that extent, we've, we, we guide our lessons both with structure and with an understanding of how the human brain works in order to be as effective as we can. I, I love that answer, and I, and I think that you've indirectly and in fact explained a bit of why we're seeing such an increase or perceived increase in spin doctoring and, and storytelling in politics. And I think that's the fire hose issue. I think that now when you can watch the news 24 hours a day, seven days a week, and then figure out how to add some additional in from the internet and from everything else, I think that that probably is part of this where we're seeing a much more than a need to know bit of information, and that's probably leading to the additional issues. At least that's my guess. So I think we're ready for our question for around the Shabbos table. <clears throat> and we take a slightly different turn this week, which is what leadership opportunities exist in your community? And if you take these on, how can you make sure that you are doing what is best for the community and trying to limit your own personal um, agenda as much as possible. Thank you for listening. If you'd like to reach us, you can reach us at iqdiscuss at gmail.com. We look forward to hearing from you and responding.